Welcome to the Hub by Built Environment magazine. We are a trade publication that focuses on the built industry supply chain. This space features voices from the real estate, asset management, facilities management, community management, also known as owners association, and prop tech sectors. This is Marisha Singh, the editor of the publication. We are continuing our series on the evolution of CAFN systems, a vital tool for FM providers. This limited podcast series is powered by Facilio. Through this series, we hope to explore the barriers for ONM teams to transition into their strategic roles. We also highlight success stories for the new connected CAFM approach. To talk about this and more, we have with us today Mick Dalton. He joins us from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Mick Dalton is a veteran of the industry and has previously been Managing Director FM for Durya Gate Development Authority in KSA. He has also held the position of Director of FM for Miraz Holdings and been the Middle East Liaison for IFMA Foundation. He is a Fellow of the Institute of Workplace and Facilities Management. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Dalton, today. Expectations from a modern FM organization goes beyond day-to-day operations and maintenance. FM is about people, process and technology. And it's about leveraging each of those key streams. So whether it be the people, whether it be the process, whether it be technology, the CAFM could be in the uh, CAFM uh, technology camp. The process is a business initiative and the people are the people that are actually driving these process changes and optimization. And the important thing about any organization is actually the FM aligning to the business objectives of the organization and then identifying where FM can actually support those business objectives. A great example might be from a, a, an age gone by back in the UK, in Ernst & Young. We, uh, we, we put a concierge system in to help all the people there, you know, and uh, maybe put an intranet in, maybe do a, put an intranet in and ABC guide and hotels and stuff like that, you know. So this is what we did in in the UK. We did this in the UK. Okay, um, because you mentioned that it's the FM's job to achieve a lot of these business objectives. Uh, what would you say yeah. uh, are the limitations faced by facilities managers when they continue to rely on outdated systems and solution approaches? FM system is there to provide the data in order to make informed decisions. So I'll give an example. If you're replacing the equipment, you need to have the maintenance history from the CAFM system to help you do this. You know, that, that'll be good to do that. You know, you need the CAFM system to help you do that. So the outdated systems um, and point solution approaches, the business risks uh, around, you know, um, maybe the business risks around a single point of failure that could be an issue you're not going to get that from the CAFM system but you're going to get that from the fm pointing his engineers to identify the single point of failure in the building uh having the right hierarchy structure in your CAFM system mother child so you can identify if you've got a mother um, asset failed or a child asset failed that would be expensive if you've got mother assets always failing and that could have an impact on the business in terms of productivity or even um, building availability. So the CAFM system is very important. The data is very important, but it also needs an FM to actually 
take that data and use it in the way that actually minimizes the risk to the business. Where do you see the role of CAFM expanding versus the need for continued human interaction? CAFM systems traditionally um, are changing. The CAFM system is unique to the Middle East because it's really there in, in terms of maintenance management and facilities management. But in the rest of the world, they're calling it workplace management. Um, if we start thinking about the CAFM, you can actually link to the CAFM system now, BMSs, uh, Internet of Things sensors, you can link a lot of different systems to the CAFM system. So you might find that finance have got SAP or they've got Oracle and they do not want their CAFM systems to be connected. In other organizations, they want the CAFM system to be on the client side and the vendors use it and then they do link it to the SAP or the Oracle systems. With regard to automation, that's there's two well, two levels of automation. There's, there's process automation in, ter in terms of CAFM where you can automate job tickets, you can automate uh, uh, signals and, 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 and different things. The way I look at automation, I think about automation is about automating equipment, automating products, automating solutions. And nowadays, you know, process automation, product automation, and even robotic automation is now becoming sort of the norm. Um, you go into places like Germany, you go into places like the US, you go into even Dubai. You are now seeing robots in the workplace. You go into Emirates ID, there's a robot. You go into Emirates MBD Bank, there's a robot. We've got the first humanoid robot built in Saudi called Sarah. Um, it's a, a, an autonomous humanoid. Um, many, many features. Robots are becoming the norm now. The automated technology-based solutions are outside of CAFM, but some of the data that these, these systems create can be put into CAFM. Okay, interesting uh, approach. I hadn't thought about it like that. And uh, in our, our conversations mm. with various uh, FM managers, we have I haven't really heard this perspective, so thank you for that. Um, when we're looking at CAFM systems, I have a few uh, criteria that uh, FM managers should look at. Uh, and I would like you to rank the following options in your order of priority. And it would be great if you could yeah. explain your reasoning for it as well. So the first one is value for different stakeholders. The second one is process improvements. And third one is interoperability. So how would you rank them and why? I would say interoperability is probably number one because we can link it to fire, lighting, uh, BMS, security systems, access, you know, access control systems. Process improvement, you can automate things like um, requests and forms and move management and various, various, you know, 24 seven help desk type solutions. So you can improve your process there. Value for different stakeholders. I think the, the key thing for the modern CAFM system is being able to do dashboards, to be able to do um, scorecards, which is really used for people like senior management. So taking out of a CAFM system a nice scorecard about the history of the building, the risks in the building, the status of all the statutory compliance in the building, and giving that to senior management is a very important part of, of a, of a CAFM system. 
The other, the other part of the CAFM system as well, which I think is important from a stakeholder perspective, and from the value chain right down, from the senior management down to the workers on, on the ground, you can use it for communication to people, what's happening. Another part, I think, of the CAFM system is with finance. Um, when you're trying to articulate to a finance director that you've got to replace a pump or you've got to replace a, a piece of plant, Quite often you need maintenance history. Uh, how old is the plant? What's the asset age on it? When did we install it? Uh, what maintenance have we carried out on it? What reactive calls have we carried out on it? Now, the, the only way you're going to get a lot of this data is from a CAFM system. So you need to have that information in the CAFM system. So that would form the part of producing what I call a critical asset replacement value um, plan. And... To, to do the critical asset replacement plan, you would need a lot of data out of a CAFM system. You've mentioned that people are the ones who will drive the change uh, in the FM industry. Uh, but there is an obvious evolution where FM companies are trying to evolve from manpower driven service providers to solution or outcome driven partners in the business to, for their clients. So where do you see uh, the current state of FM companies in this transition? from being a vendor to a strategic partner and can technology aid this transition? Um, let's start with the, the FM companies. Quite often FM companies are, are client solution driven in terms of if the client asks for a manpower based contract, the client, the FM companies will provide it. If there is an innovation clause in a, a client scope, to an FM company, then clearly that's up to the FM company to provide a solution where technology or other can actually provide a better solution than just manpower. Unfortunately, many FM companies tend to spend most of their time just putting the manpower solution in and not some of the technology. So you've got to do a return on investment and you've got to look at, you know, how do I actually get give the client um, an innovation that actually is not going to cost too much money and put me out of business in terms of the, the tender. Quite often procurement are involved in the tender of FM and procurement are looking for the lowest cost. And if the lowest cost is people, they're going to go for a people-driven solution. In my scope at work, I've got robots in there, I've got all the technology in there, I've got innovation in there, I've got energy management in there. I've got, you know, going around checking sensors and recalibrating the technology. I've actually got in there about creating a team approach, a one team approach with the FM team. There will be no uniforms from vendors saying I'm from Farnec or I'm from Emerald. It will be FM team. And everybody has to be selected so that they can speak a bit of Arabic and a bit of English. They're not going to just be be taken on then they've all got to follow BIC standard or SFG 20 standard so we're we're a little bit smarter in the way we write a scope to make sure we bring the technology from the FM company as an example what advice would you give to an organization which is considering an upgrade uh, but is fearing change or fearing the cost uh, and you know the return of investment when it comes to investing in technology right well, let's talk about the uh, upgrade. 
We've got a finance director in the organization, so he's trying to keep the cost down. He doesn't want to spend money. He certainly doesn't want surprises. And he's looking for a business case with a return on investment. Quite often, the facilities manager will go to the finance team and say, I need to spend money on my upgrade of my CAFM system, but they're not laying what the benefits are, what are the what are the perceived perception the solutions that can come from it. So building the business case and providing the return on investment for that upgrade has got to be important. You know, you cannot you cannot do this without doing that case, you know, build a build a business case to the finance director to do that. It's an internal argument that needs to be made between the teams rather than, uh, you know, an external one. Uh, okay, so moving on, uh, we know that Saudi Arabia is almost a market leader in adopting cutting technology because of its GIGAC projects. And we're seeing world leading uh, projects and management techniques being deployed here. So in such a project, do you know of CAFM systems being able to take data from large BIM models and contextualize it as well as create information systems that are useful for FM managers? Well, let, let's start with BIM to start with because BIM is an interesting uh, process. BIM, BIM is actually a law in the UK. You have to go to BIM 3 on any new building project. In the UAE, they're suggesting BIM 3 as well or BIM 4, I think, in the UAE. But in Saudi, it's a free form. In Saudi, you've got people going to BIM 5, BIM 6, BIM 7. Um, BIM 7 is probably the most advanced out of all the BIMs that out there. BIM 7 is actually going into the FM world and actually saying this is how you organize yourself in terms of sustainability and waste. Now, when it comes to these BIM models, they, they have what I call lines of text. They have like, um, I'll give an example, BIM 7 might have 25 lines of of text in terms of data. Some of the CAFM systems have only got a limitation of 40 characters, let alone 20, 20 lines of text. So some CAFM systems cannot take the information from the BIM model. The whole idea of having BIM is to take the information from construction and transfer it over to FM into their CAFM system or their asset management system. But if the CAFM system and the asset management system doesn't have the capacity to take that data, what's going to happen in the market is the client is going to have to pay for the FM company to code all that information into the CAFM system, which will cost an absolute fortune. So the CAFM systems have to change. The CAFM systems have to change to adopt the latest BIM models. And unfortunately, I don't see a lot of that happening. But other systems have got limitations. Those other systems, and there are many thousands of systems out there, they need to change if they're going to work with these BIM models in the Giga projects. I think that the change is imminent and uh, legacy CAFM systems need to just come up to age, actually, because the world has really yeah. moved beyond that. Yeah, legacy systems have to be... Uh, you know the legacy systems have to be adopt you know change to meet the bim models it's not the other way around there's a kobe exchange that occurs between bim and the CAFM system and it's the CAFM system's going to be the 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 the, the letdown and we're three or four years away from the giga projects coming 
uh, to, to, to fruition. So now is the time for the international custom systems to actually engage and actually increase the size of their BIM model acceptance. Okay, that's a great uh, note for all the CAFM producers and developers out there. Uh, my yeah. final question to you is, there are many people out there who are advocating for the adoption of digital twins. So what are the benefits for facilities managers and should they be looking at these systems? Well, let's talk about CAFM systems because many of the CAFM companies are jumping on this word of digital twin. So they're, off they're offering a digital twin within the CAFM system and then the FM companies are going around saying, we can build a digital twin of, uh, twin of your facility. That's all very well, but, you know, I'd rather be able to link my BIM model to the CAFM system than have a digital twin. The digital twin is what I call the icing. What I want is the ingredients in the cake. I want the cake to actually make the ingredients to make the cake. Then I'll worry about the icing on the top, which is the digital twin. I personally don't see the benefit of the digital twin at the moment until I've got my asset data transferred to the CAFM system. I've, I've seen digital twins in Neom, my own company's building a digital twin. There's a lot of digital twins in healthcare. There's a lot of digital twins in many different industries. And there's a digital twin strategy in the UK from the government, right? So the, the UK government publishes digital twin strategy. What's happening at the moment is in the FM world, there's a lot of CAFM companies jumping on the bandwagon of digital twin because it's the latest buzzword. You hear it in the press in the UAE all the time about digital twins and metaverse. So everybody's talking about metaverse from a CAFM system, digital twin from a CAFM system. These are nice to have. Give me the system that works with BIM first. Right. That's a great conversation. Uh, that. I have got, gone through my long list of questions and picked your brain uh, for CAFM and uh, systems and FM managers. Thank you so much for giving me your time today evening. Thank you very much. Have a lovely weekend. You too. Thank you. That was Mick Dalton, ladies and gentlemen, providing his experienced perspective of the FM landscape in the MENA region as well as his take on the evolution of CAFM. For more such insights, please follow us on our LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram handles Bridge Environment ME. See you next time.